This is Seal Talks, episode 3. Are you an architect or a creative? Or have you ever wondered what others do differently to constantly get jobs? Are you a small firm owner looking at ways to increase revenue? Or say you're a freelancer looking for strategies to carve a niche for yourself? If your answers to these questions are yes, then I say you are on the right show. My goal on this show is to provide you with the necessary information and resources to grow your business while focusing on doing what you love the most, which is creating. At the same time, building a business that is profitable and sustainable. My name is Egbayon Leonard and welcome to Seal Talks. This episode is titled, Four Pre-Designed Documentations to Ensure You Get Paid. Just the other day, I was discussing with a colleague of mine, a friend way back from school, and he was complaining bitterly about how one of his clients had duped him. And I was shocked, duped? He said yes. And I was actually really curious, so I wanted to hear the story. In explaining, he went further to say that he had gone ahead with the client's work and produced draft drawings for the client's four-bedroom duplex somewhere in Lagos and thinking that the man was, you know, going to get back to him because he wanted to show the man that, yes, I understood what it was you were trying to explain. He sent the man drafts of the drawing, though he said it was in JPEG, but that, of course, was more than enough to do the damage. After not hearing from the man for a while, he thought, okay, well, what the man had was not sufficient in his mind. So he went ahead and just you know, kept quiet, waiting for the man to come back to him. See, about a year ago, it was when this incident happened. And sometimes later, about recently, he drove past the place in Lagos and to his greatest surprise, his building, which he designed for the client that was not paid a penny for, was already started. I felt terrible for him. I felt bad and I could relate to this story because, I mean, it has happened to us before and I know that position, I know how it felt. And as well, it's a common practice. It's a common practice in our society today and it's still, it's still very rampant. It was not paid a penny and it pained me because no document was signed except for the plans he had sent out. And I know, I understand, he wanted to make, you know, good impression so that the client among with so much promises and, oh, you'll be involved in the construction, like they always, always, always say. And he handed it out to the client in good faith. And what even brought up this conversation in the first place that day was the fact that, you know, he was at our studio at Render Like a Pro and the client came to the office and after, you know, deliberations and all of that, the client was willing to make, you know, um, a commission fee of 50%, which we usually charge at Render Like a Pro before we start any of the client's work. And he was shocked, saying that how is it that you guys actually are able to charge beforehand 
before you do uh, start working at all. And in answering this question, I actually thought about it. I mean, we've been here before and we realized that in order to reduce it to the barest minimum, how many clients get to walk away with your work without paying for it? We had to develop a system, you know, at Render Like a Pro and Seal Design to reduce these kind of things. So I thought about it and decided that today's episode is going to cover how to reduce that. So when a client reaches out to you for the first time and they are not aware of what your modus operandi is in the office or how your firm works, it is the responsibility of you, the architect, to educate and teach them your ways. That means as a firm or an architectural practice, you need to develop an in-house strategy of getting in the work, doing the work and keeping the client happy and referring. So you need to develop that strategy for yourself in-house. Now in line with that, I'll be sharing our own tricks that we have developed rendered at Render Like Pro and Seal Design to ensure that you know over time we got paid for the job we did or we are doing. And what this the document basically helps us do is you know it helps to one clarify how the clients um, the, the client's thoughts on the project if they have not thought it through entirely and secondly it helps position you who they are coming to as an expert and then it also ensures that you're compensated for your effort and it removes this um, air of is it not just drawing i mean we have all heard that phrase over and over again so what this does is it helps eliminate all of that process so basically we'll jump right into it now the first one is the first document is a questionnaire the second one is the brief document then the third one is the invoice and your schedule of delivery as well as the receipt so we'll take each of these and i'll break it down as to how you can create your own such that it suits your needs for your client. The questionnaire. You remember, you know, back in school, we were all made to take a course, critical analysis, where you had to critique, um, say, someone's work and stuff like that. So, in critiquing, and usually we use maybe existing conditions or, say, a building, how that was already being used. We had to develop more like questionnaire to get feedback from people or users of that space. So this particular document works like that. You develop a content such that the client might not have figured out how he wants the layout or how he wants development to be. What this document helps to do is you as an architect would have suggested options. For example, if you are developing, say, gatehouse, for an estate for example and you want to find out how the client um, what and what the client is a small project and this thing can be replicated to your residential commercial or what have you you want to ask questions like what is the style of architecture the client is looking at will the entrance say entrance of the gate house be double-sided you know in and out or you just want single which serves as a boat 
or what is the client's budget for example and say you were dealing with residential development you might want to ask questions like do you want the garden do you have many cars do you intend to park questions like that the client might not have thought of it entirely but what your document does is that it helps the client to understand and clarify his ideas on the project and what this particular document um, helps to also do is helps you to develop the next item which is the brief because the feedback mechanism from you know your questionnaire you can collate it and it forms your brief and mind you what happens most of the time is that you have a paper trail which you have started and now because the client has started this interaction and in a way you have been able to educate him what goes into you planning you know he beginning to see that you are delivering value which is the essence of what we do create and deliver value to clients so basically i can tell you that this particular process might not happen every time you know a client can sit down and develop his brief for you which is the ideal thing but in the society we live in today if the client does not have that particular module set out you have to figure out how to get that brief from him because usually that brief is what forms, you know, the essence or the core of what transpires between the architect and the client as well. So what the questionnaire will help get started is what will lead to the brief. And this might not happen every time. So you need to keep, you know, in mind that it depends on how clear the client is about his own work. So that leads us to the next item, which is the brief. Now, the brief is the same thing that, yes, we know. And what this helps to do is it states the position of, you know, the client on the project. It helps the client clarify, you know, everything that has to do with the project. And, you know, you could go as detailed as the location of the project, the size of the land, what are the amenities surrounding it. If you have, for example, a commercial facility and you want to describe the social amenities available in which the building could utilize, you can do that in the brief. And what this also helps to do is once you have finished developing the brief and you send it back to the client to say, okay, based on our conversation so far, this and this and this and this is what I have come up with. And mind you, remember that you haven't put pen to paper so what this helps to achieve is the fact that you have simply started working but you have not drawn a line furthermore what you could also include is the special you know schematic layout how what are the spaces required what is required in the bedroom what is required in the kitchen what are the special features the person wants do they want for example a residential building does it want a gatehouse how much um, is he willing to spend all of that is stated what are your you know design ideologies based on the questions you have asked in the questionnaire if you used one or if the client sent that to you so the brief kind of ties all of that and outline it what are the materials how should you treat the facade it can go on and on anything that can clarify the building further or the structure further you can do that and also at the end of the brief you can now specify what is it that you as the architect or the architecture of them is delivering at the end of the day that is what is expected 
of you to deliver to the client. So that brief also spells it out. So at the end of the day, there's no misinformation or nobody is misconstruing anybody because that document has clarified it. Now, before you get to this stage, mind you, you would have done a lot of research because when the client is discussing with you and you're sending the client, okay, reference images to say, okay, in your space, for example, I'll take an interior project. In your space, are you looking at this kind of finish? Is this an idea that you're considering? You know, you would have shared reference images. The client has learned already. The aim, basically, of this process is to let them see what, you know, you as the architect goes through at the back end. Mind you, you have not drawn the line, but you have started working on the project. You have done your research. You've decided, you've, you know, looked at the spatial requirement of each of those things. What are the composition of the space? What kind of feel? What kind of, you know, his mood board? What, what kind of ideas does he have for his interior? So all of those things, you have done research already and you are simply helping the client to clarify in his mind what he already knows. So with all of this said, after you have gone through that stage, it is time to discuss the main thing, which is why we are in business. And this is the cost. Because you have out outlined all of this, I'm sure you already have, you know, a fee which falls within the category of what the client wants to do because you have both clarified it to the detail of what you are delivering. So the next one will be to develop your invoice and send out. Now, the invoice basically contains, you know, it's more like invoice and your schedule. I will start with the schedule. Because you have itemized and broken down the details of what is what the work will entail, you already know this is the time frame. And it is key to attach the schedule to your invoice. And I will explain why. Usually what we do as seal designs is that when we have gone through all of that first stage, second stage, and we have gotten to invoice stage, we develop the schedule. Okay, on day one to day three, we are going to be developing strategies to create you know, the design. If it's a complex space, we have brainstorming sessions as to how to resolve any issues we will encounter. So day four to day five, you know, who is responsible for what? We send this to the client. The client is supposed to give us feedback. We state it. Client is supposed to respond to this, that, and that. You know, the so so and so to the 50. If it's going to take that long, you specify each step of the way so that the client can look at his calendar and trace where you are, where you currently are on his job. So if he's supposed to deliver something to you along that line, he would already know. And when say you have sent him a, a draft of something and he's supposed to respond he will know that he's the one currently delaying his job so that in a way kind of shows some transparency in the process of delivering so back to the invoice now the invoice will spell out the specific services you are rendering you know the project name the client's name you know the rates you are charging for example i'll use the render like a pro we charge um, per view depending on the project and sometimes also we charge per project so if there's a rate you put it put the amount you specify your terms of payment how do you want your payment your, to be made is it in three installments for example the first one might be 50 percent the next one might say 25 percent and then at the end of it 25 percent or you want to break it into four you know and then it states 
clearly if there are other markers to be mindful of. You know, your basic invoice, you can you develop one that works for you fine. So then it contains, of course, your bank details, which is your company details. It is more professional because your they are being they are being they are paying your company. So as such, what you are delivering should carry the company. It should be on your letterheaded paper. If clients is relating with you for the first time, if you are going to do that, it helps to clarify that okay, I'm dealing with a body and you are responsible to him. So with that said, there is a study or a research that states that most clients or most customers will pick up an item or maybe when they go to shop they would have seen the item three to four times before they have the full commitment or the full ability to buy so what this means is that if you have a client sometimes you will close a sale immediately but other times you need to have three to four contacts with these persons on their project before you can close the deal so what this process uh, just taking you through even though we've not dissolved the last stage, the last document, what this process will simply do for you is that it will help you have contact with the client way before you send the invoice. You know, you have sent a questionnaire, you have both developed the brief, and the client feels, the client can almost visualize the building or the structure in his head because of the amount of information you have shared and you have not drawn a single line. The last stage after you have sent your invoice and he has made or he or she has made a commitment depending on how you want to charge because we are still designed and render like a pro we charge 50% upfront. When the project is big, we try to be flexible and we do 40. So when that percentage is paid upfront, you can before you start work, you develop what is the receipt. Now the receipt will be sent to the client to, to tell him that okay, you have made a commitment of this so-so amount, and the receipt usually will contain um, of course the client's name, your receipt number, and you know your and of course it should be on your letterheaded paper as well. The service they are paid for, say the mode in which they paid, was it transfer? Was it um, cash? Was it check? And whose name was written on it? Was it your company or was it picked up by one of your staff? And it still also states the terms of payment and what was paid and balance that is due. So basically, this one helps to state where you are at. The next payment is so-so amount. So because you have stated the terms of payment, it shows the stage in which your payment will be made. If you know, when are you? Is it at documentation stage or is it approval of schematics that the next payment is due? All of that, basically, you would have spelled it out. And once this is sent to the client, it kind of helps the client to understand that okay, there is a process. That process will help them get better results for their project. And because you have shown at every time a an, a process, seamless process that helps them create value, there's tendency for the trust to be more. Basically, those are the four pre-designed um, documentations that has helped us over the years to ensure that no client owes us at the end of the day. Because when you have gone through this stage and 
the client has of course made commitment you as the architect if you are committed to delivering value you find out that to request for your the next payment is easier it gets easier even to the end where you have delivered your project or deliverables to the client you find out that they are easy they are, they are eager to make the final payment when they are satisfied because of course there are clients there will always be client issues and that's why you have to learn client management and all of that but most times we found out that the client always makes the last payment which of course is your retainer you can leave it as whatever percentage you like but the client always makes that payment because they feel like it kind of eradicates that idea ideology that is it not just sheets of drawing is it not just this drawing that you just sit down on your computer to produce because they have gone through that process with you so I will quickly go into the benefits of what these documents do. Like I stated initially when we started this conversation, um, <laughs> the benefits are many and I'll just name a few of them. Apart from the fact that you constantly are getting paid from the work that you do because you tie payments to different stages of the work and the client is made aware of this at the beginning, there are clients that will run away <laughs> it is clear because you have you know your maybe your processes you have stated it from the word go and you are there are clients who are not patient and of course you have to find a way to manage manage the, all of these steps and processes are not cast in stone so you have to find a way to fine tune it to suit your own purpose and if the client understands value which is what you are delivering you will see that the others that stay you have you know fun doing their project you have less worries doing their project and if the client sees you because of these processes they see you as an expert the trust level increases tremendously like it shoots the roof and also i've gone through like a couple so i'll say number four number four this process helps clarify in the client's mind the kind of design and the thoughts he or she has about the project hence it results into better and you know more efficient design also you stand higher chances of getting referrals because of that and the clients um, when the trust is very much referrals which in our industry strives on referrals tend to come from these people because they are satisfied with how you work furthermore this document which is like my friend like i told you about at the beginning of this conversation is or these documents are admissible in court what you have successfully done basically is to create a paper trail and if arguments come up or say at the end of it even if the client is not going to pay the last stage of the money because you have created some level of commitment some level of back and forth between you and the client of course if it eventually ends up in a you know in a court of law say you are seeking redress for whatever damages that you perceive has been done to you you have documents to back up your claim it's not just in thin air and of course you'll be made of course if, if your words your processes have been seamless you have documents which are admissible in court and can be used to back up your your claim so guys we have come to the end of this amazing conversation on how 
develop strategies for your own firm such that you educate your clients before you start working and don't forget we need to constantly have these kind of conversations to help us you know as architects grow to help us understand procedures and how we can develop our firms to take them to the great you know to the next level and that is what seal talks is all about my name is Egbeyon Leonard and I remain your host of this sweet bridge between architecture and business. And before I forget, every single thing that was discussed on this episode are the things that we practice in our firm. They are strategies that are indigenous to us, meaning that we have been able to develop it for ourselves. So what I would do is to simply leave you a link to samples that you can take a look at. I know that this is a podcast and you might not be seeing what it is that I'm talking about. So what I will simply do is I'll leave you a link at the description below. You can go in, you can download it, download the sample files and develop your own so that you can have something to more like a fish hook, you know, to get in your clients and make sure you are paid. And furthermore, Please kindly share your stories with me. I know privately a lot of people have been reaching out to say, wow, this helped me to solve this problem. Or, oh, wow, could you shed more light on this topic and all of that? Please, I need more feedback. It is very important because I need to know the part which we are struggling. And if it is not something we have struggled with before, we get somebody who has over, you know, overcome that aspect of practice and we get him or her to do justice to it for us. So kindly share your stories, comment, download it, share with your architecture community. This is the only way we can grow as professionals in this field. Till the next episode, guys. My name remains Architect Egbayon Leonard and this is Silvers.